Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, you just this past Sunday morning wrapped up a three-part series of sermons on identity. We did, and we weren't so much talking about identity as the world does. We we did touch upon that, but we were focusing upon that God has made who us who we are, and we need to discover that. Uh, God has given us a purpose, and we need to fulfill that, and then our destiny is be with the Lord. And so we've just kind of walked through those concepts, looking at some biblical examples, some principles, and then some examples that we find in our Bibles. Uh, the time before, we talked about the faith that Noah had, and this time it went to Daniel 3, and we talked about that great story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But through all of this, uh, what we're trying to lay down is God has determined our race. He's determined our gender. He's determined our purpose. He's determined where we're supposed to be with him. And, you know, the who, the what, and the why is what a lot of people spend their life looking for. It's right there in the Bible. And so we just got to get that opened up and figure these things out and get about doing what God wants us to do. Yeah, at the tail end of this past Sunday morning's sermon, you asked some really important questions. If our listeners haven't had the opportunity to watch or to listen to that sermon, I'd absolutely encourage you to go back, not just to part three of this series, but really one, two, and three. They're available at charlestownroad.org or in our sermon podcast feed. But you asked there at the conclusion of this most recent one, who are you listening to? Who has your attention? Who are you following? Those are profoundly important questions, modern, relevant questions. But as you mentioned, you you took us back to Daniel chapter 3. And I don't want to rehash all of that by any means. Of course, like you said, it's that account of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they are there in Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, and they have some basic choices to make. You highlighted how uh, the efforts were there to indoctrinate them, change them by giving them new names and new language, new food, new ways of worship. But the reason that we know the names of those three young Jewish men, the reason why they are still important to talk about and identify with, even in 2023, you highlighted six things they knew. Let me read these back and and just ask you, okay, um, why does it matter knowing these things? And then I figured maybe we would just paint some hypotheticals of our own for uh, a, a typical week here in the summer of 2023. You emphasized that they knew that God was the only God. They knew the scriptures. They knew this was wrong. They knew that they would be no They knew there would be consequences. They knew they would rather die than disappoint God. Why is that so important? Well, it it gets back to, once again, our, our identity. God made us in his image. 
Our purpose is to serve God. And so uh, w- once you have these foundations in you, you're standing upon these foundations, so much of the choices in life have been made for you because of these things I know. Now, if you don't know these things, you might bow down to an idol. You don't know these things, well, I might just kind of go whichever way the wind's blowing. But once I've got these bedrock things established in my life, that that takes care of so many choices. Now, uh, as we'll see in just a minute, there were consequences that come with those choices, and there were some hard things they had to face. But their mind was made up. And it wasn't a matter of, well, you know, I wish my mom was here so I could ask her or, you know, I wish I could run to the library or, or get on my phone and do an AI check on this thing. I, no, they, they knew in their hearts, and that made all the difference. They treated God, to reach back to part one and two of this series, they treated God as the definer and the designer, right? And when we allow God, when we honor him as the definer and the designer, we can know because he has told us these things. I I really appreciated these six points and especially how in the sermon you said, okay, here is a connection between Sunday morning and Friday night. We've, we've got six of them. So let's just walk through one by one and treat them as Monday through Saturday. Uh, we all, on Sunday, uh, members of our church family heard this sermon. Then we woke up on Monday. What difference does knowing that God is the only God make for a Monday? Well, on a Monday, uh, of course, this past Monday was a holiday for a lot of us who might have slept in. You might have had to cook out with a family, gather together with some family and such things. But realizing that God is God, he's laid down laws that apply, whether it's a holiday, whether it's a Monday, whether it's Sunday, how I am at school, how I am at work, how I'm going to conduct myself. And so that right there is going to determine when I go to my closet, what clothes am I going to wear? Why? Because I'm honoring God. It decides what I'm putting in my cooler as I go to that picnic. Why? Because I'm honoring God. It, it, it decides really what my language is going to be. Why? Because I'm, I'm honoring God. And so knowing that God is God, you know, we, we don't leave God in the church building. And I think that's where the religious community is. Uh, they, they go, they gather on a Sunday, but they see no bridge between Sunday and Monday. And so what happens on Sunday is Sunday, but what happens on Monday is totally different. And you you got to survive. So lie, cheat, steal, do why you have to to survive. That's not what we see in Daniel 3. That's not what we see in the New Testament. So knowing that God is God, I'm going to walk with him as God wants me to every day of the week. Yeah, he is no less holy on Monday than Sunday. And discipleship is no less demanding on Monday than it is on Sunday morning. Okay, let's go to point two. You highlighted how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew the scriptures. What difference should knowing the scriptures make on a typical Tuesday? Well, for them, first of all, we'll go back to the the heart of our lesson. Um, God has said in the Ten Commandments for them that he's the only God, there is no graven image, uh, they weren't about anybody. Well, so, so right, knowing that scripture, 
would have put that before them. For us on a Tuesday, knowing scriptures is, is going to help me. I'm going to work this day. I'm going to have a meeting. Maybe it's kind of, kind of tough in that meeting. Maybe it's kind of hot in that meeting. Knowing scriptures, God wants me to be kind. God wants me to be gracious. God wants me to be forgiving. God wants me to watch my tongue. And, and so that, that's going to set the tone of me when I'm in these meetings. Maybe I'm a student. I'm taking a test. We're just about done with school now. And man, I've got to ace this test because my grades aren't doing very good. And I just don't know the answers, but there's that smart kid just catty corner for me. And I sure could look on that kid's paper. That sure would help my grade. But I know scriptures. I know that's dishonest. I know that's cheating. And so knowing those things is going to, is going to affect my choices in my life. It's going to remind us of those things. It's also going to remind me that I'm, I'm not alone. God is with me. And so I may be walking down that hallway and maybe I'm teased. Maybe I'm bullied. Maybe I think I'm the only one who, who has a heart for God. Well, God knows these things and God is with me. And knowing scriptures will get me through those tough, difficult times. So the scriptures are not like an isolated island that I visit each first day of the week. The scriptures are more like my compass, right? That I carry with me wherever I am. It's not a weekend destination or hobby or just a cultural marker. It is who I am because I'm carrying, I'm not just carrying a Bible on Sunday morning with me to the church building. I'm carrying those scriptures in my heart, even on Tuesday. Okay, number three, you highlighted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew what Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to do was wrong. Why is it important for us to remember and practice on Wednesdays certain things are just absolutely wrong? And that, and that is so counter to our culture today. I, I really stress this in our lesson that Sunday is that there's a lot of people who may say, well, I myself can't do that. I'm uncomfortable doing that, but I will not judge you or I will not say that's wrong. Well, the Bible does on some things. The Bible just makes it black and white on lots of issues that some things are just wrong. And if I cannot say those things, then I'm going to find myself engaging in them once in a while and just, you know, just crossing the line of, of what God wants me to do. So they understood. They understood that being away from Jerusalem, being away from their homeland didn't make a difference. I'm off on vacation. I'm off away from home in college. I'm away on a business trip. That doesn't change anything. Doesn't matter if it's a holiday, it's a Sunday, or it's a Saturday. It doesn't matter. And, and so it reminds us that there's certain things that God has said is wrong. Throughout the scriptures, he warns us uh, to flee certain things, do not partake of certain things. And unless the disciple can stand where God stands, he's going to find himself tripping up, tripping up a lot and falling down a lot and just being all kinds of messes. Yeah, we have not evolved beyond what the Bible says is wrong. We are not so sophisticated that, well, that might have been wrong 2,000 years ago, but for us, the story is different. No, wrong is wrong. Why? Because God is the definer of what is wrong and the designer of what is right. Okay, what about a Thursday? Point number four, you highlighted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did know 
that if they went against Nebuchadnezzar's will, they were going to stick out. They were going to be noticed. Actually, as the story unfolds in Daniel 3, uh, they had already been noticed, and they're brought before the king. And the king actually gives them a second chance. He's going to do all this again, blow the trumpets, and everyone's going to bow down. And he's going to give them one more chance to do this. So they had already been noticed. And they now knew that all attention was going to be upon them because as this takes place a second time, he's really going to notice them this. And and what this does for us is we we have to realize that we are going a different direction than the world's going. And so my language is going to be different. My attitude is going to be different. My dress is going to be different. And people will notice that. They may notice you don't laugh at some of their jokes. They may notice that you don't drink what they're drinking. They may notice that you're just different than others. And and that's something that, that uh, sometimes it's hard for people to be that way, to be different. But that is a disciple of Jesus. We are the light of the world, and lights attract. People notice lights. You know, you fly in an airplane late at night, and you can see those lights off in the distance. And that's how how we are in this world today. Something so important to teach our children and our grandchildren that you, if you walk with Jesus, if you walk what we studied on Sunday morning off of the page into your life and you, you live this out, it's going to make you different. And that's okay but we don't do our children or our grandchildren any favors if we try and talk to them about the importance of being different when they're 19 or 20. That's a foundation stone that we've got to lay early on in life. Okay, what about Friday? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew there were going to be consequences. How does that, where's the connection between Sunday morning and Friday night? Well, you know, again, back to the story, uh, they were warned that there's going to be this furnace and it's going to be turned up seven times hotter than normal. And that was going to be their, their fate unless they bowed down. And they knew that. So it wasn't like it was a surprise, but they understood that that's what comes with that. And so for us, because of the point before, because you're noticed, there are consequences. Uh, you walk in a room and everyone gets quiet and everybody's looking at you. And that's kind of the consequences. Somebody's having a party and everyone's invited, but you. Uh, maybe the family's getting together, but they don't want you to come. Uh, you know, there's always consequences, more serious consequences. Maybe it's you have to break up with somebody you're dating because you're just not going the same direction with the Lord. It may be that you may lose your job because of certain things. They want you to do something and you just cannot do those things. It's against your convictions, against what God says. So, so there are consequences. You know, later in the New Testament, uh, we read about those early, early disciples, those early Christians and how they suffered. Uh, Stephen was stoned. We read about James being put to death. Antipas in the book of Revelation was put to death. They suffered because they believed in Jesus. And there are always consequences. And if we try to find the safe way, the easy way, uh, we usually have to sell out and we're not standing with Jesus. All right. Maybe the most stark point of all was the last one. They knew they would rather die 
than disappoint God. Now, most of us wouldn't naturally think in those terms all on our own on a, let's say, a Saturday. But why is it important to know that in our hearts and and live from that even on a typical summer Saturday in 2023. Well, it's, it's going to remind us that there's more to this life. You know, uh, Saturday we may be mowing the yard. Saturday we may be doing things with the family. Saturday we may be doing these projects around the house, and and that 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 can burn a lot of hours. But it's not eternity. Eternity is forever. That old house, that old yard you're cutting, that pet you take care of, they're going to be long gone when we think about eternity. And so if I find a safe route, if I find what is easy, if I try to save life more than anything else, and that means I've got to blend in with the world, I've got to put a foot in the world, I may not have eternity with God. That's how serious this is. For those three in Daniel 3, they would rather burn up and die and be right with the Lord than to save their neck and then disappoint God. That's a huge, huge point. That's somebody who really understands the spiritual consequences and what eternity involves. And so that's where they were with those things. Yeah, as Jesus asked, what will it profit us to gain the whole world and lose our soul? Right, That is what matters most. Such a powerful reminder that when we come together on the first day of the week, because we are studying the Bible, teaching and preaching the Bible, because we are assembling in the name of the Lord who has expressed his will for our lives, and that's that's our focal point, that's our spiritual food, such a clear connection between Sunday morning and Tuesday afternoon or Friday night or first thing Saturday morning. Roger, thank you for that powerful reminder. Thank you for this powerful three-part series of sermons all about identity. Again, we're thankful for the efforts of hardworking servants who make sure that those things are archived and available to you, even if you weren't able to be with us in the room this past Sunday morning. Roger, it's Wednesday. We're looking forward to 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. You're going to be teaching in the auditorium. We continue our series, The Marks of Maturity, and one of the characteristics we're going to talk about tonight is a mature disciple is one who keeps his promises. And so we'll talk about promises we make and how valuable it is to keep our word. On our Building Blocks track of studies, our B2 adult class, we're wrapping up a little four-part exploration of what is baptism. And tonight, we're going to talk about baptism as a kind of wedding ceremony. It may not be the initial way you think of it, but we'll dig into some powerful passages that show us just how significant baptism really is. Roger, you and I are going to do something a little unique this coming Sunday. We're going to tag team. We are are very blessed in our church family to have just a number of couples that have only recently gotten married in the last year or two, even the last couple of weeks here very recently. We're, we're blessed to have several young couples that are recently engaged and making very exciting plans for the future. And so Sunday morning, Lord willing, 9.30 a.m., I'm going to talk about some foundation stones for marriage 
And then five o'clock p.m. What about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a phrase from First Corinthians seven, which just says to the married. And I'm gonna talk about once the wedding's over. Those of us have been married. Those have been married decades. Some lessons we still need to remember about our marriages. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We're looking forward to being together tonight. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week. And we would love to have you come and grow with us.